Welcome to the Live Your Heart Out podcast, a show for wild hearts, changemakers, and soulpreneurs. Together, we dive deep into the exploration of what it means to live a meaningful life. I'm your host, Connie Bozowski, and I hope you're ready to live your magic. I'm super duper happy to have Willow Sana on the podcast today. And she's in Bali. I'm in Mexico. Let's just hope the connection stays awesome. But Willow is amazing. She's a transformational business coach and speaker. She's an empowering visionary entrepreneur. She offers emotional and strategic support for her clients and her followers all over social media. She does a lot of Facebook Lives, by the way, also has a YouTube channel. She's also an energy worker. She kind of recently had a, had a big coming out with that. And I kind of want to talk about that too. She's a location-dependent entrepreneur, just like me. We've been kind of friends for quite, I don't know, quite a few years now. But yeah, so hello, Willow. I'm so happy you're here with me. Hi. Hi, Connie. I'm so happy I'm here with you. Just even for us to like have a, a deep dive chat for an hour is like such a joy. We would do it anyway. And yet we also get to share this with other yeah. people in the world. So how wonderful. Totally cool. We also just chatted for 22 minutes or 24 minutes, like catching yeah, up. And... We were like, we should probably hit record. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, oh man, I kind of should have. But anyway, now we're here and we're about to dive in. And before I share too much about who you are and what you do, I just always really like to, like my guests to just share their story a little bit and how they ended up <laughs> where they are today. And maybe also talk about a bit of their challenges on the road. And you're in Bali today, you're a coach. How long have you been doing that? What helped you to get to that place today? And where have you been coming from, Willow? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, I recently put together that I've actually been working in some way, shape or form with like marketing and business and entrepreneurship for about 25 years. And then in particular, I've actually been out on my own as an entrepreneur, as in pretty much location independent the whole time for the last 16 years. So I, in the last 16 years, I've had many incarnations, as you can imagine, wow. uh, but they've really all had the thread of being a creative entrepreneur that supports other business owners. And in particular with creativity, I kind of feel like my art form is expression Mm -hmm. and it's taken many different shapes and evolved. And ultimately I've, I've really just faced my fears and followed my heart over and over again. And so that's meant some very big leaps. It's meant being you know, on the, those precipices where you're like, wait a second, but I've built up this huge thing. I have this major business that's making me money, but you have... you know, This is who I work with. And because I know this feeling so well, is that you have some message or some gift that's flowing through you. It's knocking on your door and you can't deny it anymore. It so strongly wants to come through. There's this evolution that wants to shift for you that you have to follow it. And yet the, and this is where we can get into the kind of the energy work is that really what I talk about the the work that I do is like embodied leadership, because there's this point when you're on that learning edge and that, that big leap where you're really being called to step into it and have this experience of embodying and owning it, allowing what's coming through. And then all the fears, right, that we chatted a little bit about and we can definitely get into, Mm -hmm. all the fears of then becoming that person of what do you have to let go to then step into this new being or this new becoming that wants to come through you. 
Mm, wow, that's so beautiful. And I like how you say embodied leadership also, because I feel like the mainstream is still really stuck in their minds and their egos. And what I'm coming more and more to realize is that just how important it is that we go one level deeper or actually 10 levels deeper into our bodies with everything and literally make our body the number one resource for everything, like decisions or whatever, you know, and also, especially as an entrepreneur to act from that place, from our bodies and our hearts, rather than being guided by up here. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, so the work that I was trained in, I actually trained with the Hendricks, Gay and Katie Hendricks. So the my mentors and Gay Hendricks wrote this amazing book called The Big Leap. If any of you guys have read it or haven't read it yet, definitely read it. So it really is, they are the pioneers in body-centered coaching and body-centered therapy. And so it's very somatic work. And that's exactly right. Like I sort of reverse engineered that the work that I do with my clients is what everyone was calling mindset. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll start using this word because everyone knows this. <laughs> but, but really, I always say too, that it's actually more than just mindset. It's also your heart set. And it's this integration. Like if you could you know, see me right now, I'm really flowing this circle around looping through your body and your mind. I mean, it's essentially the body, mind, spirit and recognizing that it's so all connected. So yes, there's a lot of work we need to do with our lizard brains and that mind that just wants to go a million miles a minute and make up a lot of stories. Lots of work you can do there. But ultimately, the muscle that we're strengthening all the time is, yeah, listening to our intuition, listening to our heart mm. and acting on that. And this yes. is what I see you do so beautifully, Connie. Like You're modeling for so many people how scary that is and how awkward it is and yet how rewarding it is when you do it, when you're able to just feel that fear and do it anyway and say, this feels really awkward. This feels really scary. I don't even know what I'm doing. But all I know is that in my heart and the entire knowing of my being is says that this needs to be spoken or that this action needs to be taken. And that it's what I call like acting on the behalf of the self. And when you act on the behalf of yourself, when you act on behalf of your big ideas, all those things, that's when we start being better at setting boundaries, managing expectations, speaking up for our own needs, and ultimately manifesting what we want in this life, not just being like a victim to whatever life throws us, right? Yes. Yes. Oh man, this is so good. I love it. Yeah. Because what I've also noticed, and you just mentioned intuition and connecting to our hearts and actually acting from there. And it's like, and not just uh, connecting to our intuition, hearing our intuition, but then actually acting from that place, you know, and following through. And why do yeah. you think it is that so many people struggle with exactly that? It's like so many people say, oh, I just, I can't hear, I'm not connected to my intuition. I'm like, yeah, you are. You just, yeah. <laughs> you're not like, you're just, listening or yeah. you are listening. You hear its messages, but you ignore the messages. <laughs> yeah. And this goes back to, and this is a topic that I just, I love digging into because it can be so hardwired for us that we sometimes don't even see it, right? And you and I, we are certainly on the path and I'm sure a lot of people listening, you're on this path of being curious. It's what I call being a curious anthropologist where I'm literally like getting my, you know, my shovel and my magnifying glass and I'm like, okay, let's dig into this. I want to see what's going on here. Yeah. And genuinely wanting to learn from every experience, wanting to peel back those layers of the onion. And so I will all, like, I'm really good at everything from catching where my mind goes. So for anyone who's listening up all of a sudden, like maybe you had this great morning, but then all of a sudden you find yourself low or feeling kind of like down or something, start 
backtracking, what were the things that you did? What did you see? What were maybe the messages that you started telling yourself and really going back on that spiral, going up that, you know, back up that spiral to realize, oh, this is because I was looking at Facebook and then I saw those images and then I started thinking that I'm sucking and I'm not really doing anything great. And it got me on this, you know, takes you on this whole downward spiral. But when you can reverse engineer that, you can stop those tapes and and what I call like shorten that recovery time so that it's not sidelining you and derailing you for days or weeks or months or even longer. You can actually shorten it and go, oh, that's what that was for. That's crazy. Like, I definitely don't need that to be affecting me. That's not true. You can, you know, and this is the process of rewriting your scripts to help support yourself. I always say like, how can you love and support yourself the best way you know how? Mm. And all these are like tools that you can learn to do that for yourself. Mm, For sure. Yeah, no, so good. How do you also, because I mean, you work with a lot of clients, I guess. And how do you, because so many people are stuck in their minds, right? And how do you get them to connect to their bodies deeper? Is that something Mm. you help them with? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. A really simple one that is something that I've learned through my training and everything, but a really simple one. And and any of you can do this at any time is just asking yourself where you feel this in your body. So Mm -hmm. often we are in a story, we're telling a big lengthy story. We feel like it's very important to get all the details of the story. And most of the time, what we're doing in there is we're trying to be right, or we're trying to make sense of it. And what happens like, you know, when we're doing that, and again, if you could see me, there's this, when you're trying to make sense of it and we're trying to figure it out, we actually almost put kind of like these goggles on and these blinders on because we're really trying to like find the one thing and figure it out. And the whole energy of that is very closed. It's very, you know, small and kind of myopic. So there's a fascinating thing that happens when we tune into our body and you just say, where in my body am I feeling this? Mm -hmm. And it could be that you're like, you know, and you just name some inarguable truths. So you say, you know, I'm feeling like a tightness in my throat right now. And then you can even then name, like, what does it tell me more about that tightness? Like, what does it feel like? And it's like, you know, and you just start literally being with the feeling. And there's this really beautiful saying, which is we have to feel to heal. Yes. And so often we're trying to just sweep our feelings under the rug or ignore them or stuff them down or whatever that may be for you in our own unique ways, (laughs) ignoring our feelings. (laughs) But truly like when we're willing to be with it and feel it, one of the practices that I do even for my own self is that I, again, kind of back in my like curious anthropologist way is that I have come to starting to create like timelines for myself. So I'm a really big fan of journaling and writing and just getting it out of my heads and Mm. getting which really writing is a beautiful form of getting it out of your body. So it's no longer operating in your body subconsciously, but that you're getting it out on the paper, you can see it and you can just allow it to be what it is. It's a a form of processing and and feeling, but also a form of what is I call like igniting the witness. Mm. So you want to ignite the witness and go, oh, isn't that interesting that that's what I'm feeling? Like these feelings are not you. They can feel very real, but you can also give yourself the opportunity of, of just stepping back and go, oh, isn't that interesting that that's what I'm feeling when this happened? And that helps you then starts to see patterns and start to see what is like we were talking about earlier, right? What are these triggers that come into play? What are these reactions that you're having that possibly are based, most likely, right, are based on these old stories. Mm. And that's why they're not feeling so good. Yeah, totally, man. Feelings. I have a very long kind of history with feelings because I used to be (laughs) 
super shut down and like so afraid and ashamed of my feelings, really of any of uh, all of them. <laughs> and so I had no access to them and it took me a very long time to get in touch with them and then also to be able to express them to myself, but also to other people and to feel safe, to actually feel feelings. You know, I think a lot of people are really, really afraid to feel, no? Yes. Oh, and this is the big one that is truly like at the core of so much of my work and my path and my journey is exactly this. It's emotional safety. Mm. So this is why I, I'm such a huge fan of cultivating and creating safe containers and sacred containers for the work that I do. And that's a lot. Everyone that has worked with me, I've worked with people one-on-one -on -one and then in small groups. And that's one of the most important things, especially for transformational work is creating that safe container. And And so often we are operating in worlds all the time where there's not safe containers. You know, <laughs> the big piece of it is, can I feel emotionally safe with you? Mm -hmm. And so many times we have not felt emotionally safe or we've been abandoned or betrayed or all these things, but that when we're, this is actually what loops into how valuable and important it is to essentially do inner child work. That yeah. Even though here we are these adults, but that we still need to be there for our own inner child, that at times where it is feeling threatening or it is feeling like, like I had a, this major situation happen. I've had a, several situations happen recently because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just on this learning path. And this is yeah. what happens when you're in Bali, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but that this one was really wild where I was like, wow, I'm feeling silenced. I'm feeling like it's not okay to be who I am. Like all of a sudden it brought up all this like not enough or too much. And it totally shut me down. I felt silenced. I felt like, and it was fascinating. And it happened to be with a friend that she was literally like, it was like, as soon as I had a need at all, she was like, I'm out of here. Wow. And it just triggered so much for me. It was like, we'd had this like beautiful, it was just a friendship, but it was totally this like love affair of a friendship, right? This mm. new deep love affair of a friendship. And so yeah. here it was that, and then it made me also look at all my own patterns and tendencies, caretaking or overgiving. And where do I speak up for my needs? And how did I let it go a little bit too far before I did finally speak up for a need? I mean, it just, mm. whew, wow. it was incredible. Yeah. And there, that learning just never stops. Like we were saying just before I pressed record is like, oh man, it just goes on and on. Like there's more and more layers to dig deeper into. And that's what I find so fascinating about this spiritual journey. Was there anything, because so many people, they get onto this spiritual path by some form of like a massive challenge in their life. <laughs> For me, it was a massive breakup like six years ago that completely ripped me apart and broke me open in a million pieces. And so I was looking for answers. And so did you have that too? Did you have like an initiation <laughs> event? Or oh, that's so many. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> I've had so many. I actually talk about this in a, a series that I have that I think you would love reading, Connie, as well, mm -hmm. which is this whole series that I put together that's called Wake Up With Willow. Oh. So in is listening, you can just search for Wake Up With Willow and I'll bet it'll come up. Mm -hmm. But essentially that I talk about this, like what I call waves of initiation and how we are, you know, it's like right when we think we've got it and we're surfing and it's fine. And then we just get hit, like slammed with another wave. And it's really that we're, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's testing our metal. Are we going to say this sucks? I hate this. I don't want to do it. Or are we going to stay in the waves and try, you know, mm -hmm. continue to get back up again and learn how, and there was huge lessons 
in that for me around like asking for help and, you know, all the vulnerable pieces, right? Not playing that lone wolf again. Oh, and this just came up recently. So, I mean, to answer your question, mm-hmm. I could name many, many things in my life, like, you know, back to even just the fact that I didn't have a father growing up and right. my mom had me really young and then she got remarried to mm-hmm. an alcoholic. And so mm-hmm. my stepdad was this like alcoholic who was this narcissistic asshole. And <laughs> so, yeah, there was many, many things in there mm-hmm. and just how that affected me. I mean, actually it's fascinating. I am 42, almost 43, and I am still, still watching. I have done so much work in the last 15 years, I would say I've been literally consistently working with, you know, different coaches or therapists or, you know, what have you. And I'm still unraveling pieces of this. In fact, I just saw it come up recently where I noticed especially you and I were talking about attachment briefly earlier. And there was this piece that surfaced for me where I recognized how, you know, so ultimately when there's connection and the vulnerability, like both the delight, I am a completely full force, admittedly like addicted to connection. Like I absolutely right. love it. Right? <laughs> it's like that oxytocin hit and where that, that is like so wonderful. I love touch so much. So I love people so much. I am in a total extrovert in that way where it just feeds me and I want to mm-hmm. be around people. And yet I also witnessed myself in a situation recently where I realized that whatever group I was in and this this situation I was in, it didn't feel... Something about it wasn't feeling emotionally safe for me. And so my modus operandi in that moment was like to go back to the inner child. I was an only child for the first 16 years of my life. And my mom remarried another child, but basically have always been an only child in that way. And I was like, I watched myself do the here, I love connection so much, but then there was a way where I actually locked myself in my own room to keep myself safe. Like very similar to what I did as a kid. I made my world in my room for a safe place. And so it's fascinating because I noticed that I do that with my home now and being an only child, as much as I love people and I love being out, I need my me time. I need my refill that well time at home for myself. But what a fascinating construct, right? Just in this premise alone, especially when it comes to attachment of like where connection can either be this thing where we want to be outside of ourselves all the time with other people or we lock ourselves away and looking at that through that lens of attachment and what we need and emotional safety it's yeah lots of fascinating fascinating, right yeah totally and also just seeing how you know in the end as still as adults and you're saying you know you've been doing this work for so long but that's it just shows how deep these wounds are and these protection habits, you know, because, you know, if we think about it, and I don't know how deep you've dived into the work of either Dr. Joe Dispenza or Bruce Lipton, who talks so much about how we're programmed up until the age of seven. And we're literally like a computer that's being programmed and on the subconscious level fully. And you will actually probably never be fully able to completely reprogram that because it goes so deep and just understanding that and how that all works on like a biochemical whatever level yes. and so man that i find that so fascinating because it's so fascinating you know, yeah because also i mean i used to be really mean to myself and have such a harsh inner critic because i thought 
you know, I just couldn't figure my stuff out. Like I was just doomed, you know, and I just couldn't stop fucking up or I couldn't stop finding myself in these really toxic relationships. You know, I'd have all these habits or behaviors or triggers and I would blame myself for them and for not, and even though I was doing or, and have been doing all this work for the past, in my case, for the past six years, but still feeling like I wasn't doing enough and I still wasn't good enough. And I was still kind of stuck in some of these old patterns. And then slowly then realizing, okay, wait a minute, it is a slow process. This is not meant to be fast, you know? Yeah. There's a piece of this, which I has given me so much awareness. And this is actually something I know you probably are familiar with Matt Kahn, who yeah. Kyle Cease talks a lot oh, about. Yeah. He shared this with me and it's, it's been such a game changer, especially for bringing me compassion around this process, which he speaks about how, you know, here our minds and our consciousness are so expansive. I mean, we can literally like travel paradigms and, you know, I can imagine myself there and we can, they're so expansive and they're so unlimited and vast and beautiful in that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet our bodies are these like 3d slow machines. Like they're just, you know, we have to actually be so patient. And this, you know, from a bird's eye view, even in our entire society and our world and the human race and this time on the planet, but even if you look at like the last say 50 years and just how like we think we're on this, like I always laugh about this. We think we're on this cusp of this massive revolution and everything. And it's like, actually, so did the people in the seventies. They thought they were in the part, you know, and it's like, so did the, you know, it's like so funny. It just keeps repeating. But actually the truth is, is that it's just so freaking slow, like to actually shift because we are these like Neanderthal lizard beings that are to actually get it to like, you know, pound into our thick skulls and these actual physical bodies. So what that can invite you into though, is this really beautiful compassion with your physical body. And so as we're embodying this, so like I was sharing with you before and I will say that amongst many, many of my massive transformations and calls to spirits and big leaps, a really, really big one was at the beginning of last year. And this is what kicked me off into the path that you mentioned earlier around kind of the energy work, because I... I essentially was called to, this is the very clear message that I got was I was being called to be a clear channel Mm. and that everything in my life needed to rearrange itself for that. I literally have chills just even saying that again. It, It was so clear. So at the time, or really like I mean, for as long as I can remember, I was the girl that was like, let's go for a drink. Let's go for a glass of wine. Like I loved being that. And when I was called to be a clear channel, I literally, it was like, I woke up one day, hadn't even thought about it ever before. In fact, I've always been the kind of person that's like, no way I'm always going to have cocktails and wine. And like, I just, that was a part of who I was. And I woke up that day and was like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to have any recreational drugs. I genuinely was just, I got this call and I was like, I'm here to, you know, which this is the title of my upcoming book, which is I'm here to double down on my genius. So the book is double down on your genius. And the tagline, which is exactly my path and what I work with on my clients is about owning your gifts and aligning your actions and flourishing in your calling. Mm. Oh man, that is so beautiful. <laughs> How much yeah. 
actually. Thank you. I know. I'm so, so it's already like in the world, basically. It just kind of needs the final things to be buttoned up on it. But yeah, it's, Um, it's really, really exciting. So it's this piece though of recognizing as you embody this and as you come into it. So at that time when that was happening for me, I loved the connection that I had with spirit. I love this connection that I had with my calling. Like I was, I essentially swapped going out for drinks with like Friday night meditation. And I started doing so many more sound healings and I was having all these like downloads and activations. And yet my physical body was literally felt just terrified at the I don't know if it was the responsibility or what it meant. I think it's because I knew it was almost like there was this rumbling happening in my soul and my spirit in my life that I think now in hindsight, I can see was like, this is going to crumble away this facade that you've been living in, this life that you have been living in that's just no longer fits. Like I was expanding and this is actually, I could even go back to 2014 when I had had another. So I had a whole program that was called Momentum and Abundant Expansion that I started in 2014 because of this very thing that I had this time where I had fallen madly in love. I had, my business was taking off like crazy. I mean, literally I probably 5x my business. I had all these team members on. I was doing all this international speaking all over the world. I ended up moving halfway around the world with my new love. Like I had this massive abundant expansion and I had this time, again, the same feeling in my body, this, this kind of challenge of embodiment or this call, this invitation for embodiment. And the feeling was like, I don't know if I can handle it. Like that's what it felt like in my body of like, I don't know if I can handle this. It felt so scary. Mm. And what I learned and my lesson continues to be, I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's essentially that this isn't for something for us to handle. You right. know, we often think that we need to like control it or hold on to it or keep it together, right? That whole kind of keep it together. And that was the year that I called, I like mastered what I call the laugh cry, where I was just like, I was literally just losing it. Like I just was crying and laughing and, and just like, I looked, this is why we see people that are doing this crazy laugh cry and we think they're going crazy. Like, <laughs> but I just, I had to let it go. It was this expansion yeah. that just had to come out in all wow. the different ways that it did. And I had to accept it and just let it go. There was no handling it or holding on or controlling it. And there's a point when you just do that, you know, and it may be what I call like an uncomfortable metamorphosis. We go into that cocoon, we go into this place of like, I don't know if I can handle it. We kind of want to stick our head in the sand. Mm. And then all of a sudden we come out on the other side and essentially we say, I can no longer live in that dark place. I can no longer live this small. I have to spread my wings and fly. I have to be who I truly am. Yes. And yes. And then we come out the other side and we fly free. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, the whole caterpillar butterfly thing, it's for real. It <laughs> like, is for real. Yes. For real for us humans too. I actually, for a workshop that I gave recently, I looked into, because I always want to know everything, the why and the what yeah. and whatever. And so I looked into why do caterpillars become butterflies? It's yeah. highly fascinating. And I, I'd watched all these YouTube videos of how the caterpillar turns into a butterfly and whatnot. And anyway, it was very fascinating. And I recommend anybody to go out and research that because that process is just exactly the same thing that we experience as human beings as we really crack that shell and finally, finally step into our real truth. And that's really what it is. And I remember that, I think it was a Facebook post on, yeah, like, when was this? Like a year, year and a half ago now, right? That big mm. Facebook post about how you were kind of outing yourself. 
Oh man, I've had several, but there was one recently that I actually just did this announcement, which was essentially like, this is the work I've always done, but I'm naming it and really identify, like just saying it out loud around, I think this is the one you're talking about around just saying that my work is really of being an oracle and an energetic alchemist. Is that the one? Yes, that one. But I remember also one from last year that was... Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is... How scary was that for you though? To like... Oh, I could both say it was scary. And I also could say there's such, I think, again, this comes back to me being just kind of like this expressionist at heart is that for me, there's a real catharsis in that declaration. And, you know, and it's like, I took all my different work to get to that place. But interestingly enough, I have not really said flat out, it kind of would maybe depend on who I was talking to, but I've not really said flat out, even though so much of the work I do is very spiritual, I wasn't really saying spiritual in a lot of my work. Mm. And it's because I also have valued helping so many people that that may have turned them off, you know, and I know I've done some really beautiful emotional work with those who would never be attracted to someone who does like spiritual coaching, but that, you know, so it was kind of this interesting balance. So me coming out of the closet, coming out of the magic closet of like (laughs) saying that I'm this oracle and this energetic alchemist and really explaining what that meant. And that I have these visions that essentially the work I do with my clients is opening these doors of possibility and that there is this alchemical shift. There's this shift. And this is why I love speaking and even around me, this goes into like human design and gene keys, which I don't know if you've gotten into, but that genuinely you get access to my pathways or this energetic signature that I bring on earth. And then it opens up these pathways in you. And all of a sudden it's what I describe as like, you know, just thousands of doors opening, like just open and you can just all of a sudden see it. And so that's this really fun work that I love doing. Yeah. And it was kind of scary. And yet I think by the time I got there, I was like, it was that whole thing that we just talked about, right? Where it was just like, I can no longer be in this cocoon anymore. Like, I don't even care what you think of me because I knew that it would draw those to me that Mm -hmm. wanted to be with me even more, that wanted to work with me, that got me. And that's who I want to work with anyway. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost like that. Yeah. I was like, breath. (laughs) I know, breath. (laughs) Because what came up for me just now also, as you were talking about that belief, or as we're in the cocoon, we have this belief that we're not good enough, right? The way we are, or maybe we're not, you know, lovable. We're scared of what other people think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're not going to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like this massive, oh, it's like the biggest disease on this planet is literally that fear or or that belief that we're not good enough, that we're not lovable. And how, I mean, how do you navigate with that when it comes up for you? Or also how do you help your clients to get through that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is really so much of the work that I do is around this. And, you know, there's kind of an easy phrase that everyone knows, which is that getting out of your own way. And that that's ultimately it is that so much of the time we are the only thing that's in our way. And yet we want to blame it on everything else or you know, think that it's that we don't know how that's a big one. You may have heard me talk about on some of my videos, right? Mm-hmm. Is like that we think, oh, if we just get this step-by-step thing and we really, <laughs> and this is actually, oh, Connie, this is where we could dive into, you know, <laughs> oh, God. Masculine get me started, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so pervasive. And so this is where we can kind of get into that masculine and feminine and around how, yeah, 
it can seem like, you know, and I get it. We do. I think we crave and we need to have like that structure and that security and that stability and that safety that the masculine energy can provide because it seems like it has a plan and it knows what it's doing. And it's like, you know, it's really like strong and very clear Mm -hmm. and purpose driven. And then there's the feminine side, which was so needed. You know, it's this beautiful sensitivity, the ability to dream and vision and receive and delight and experience this joy. And I mean, many, many other things that I'm not naming here, but like ultimately this is about coming into this union of these two. So this is a lot of the work that I do with my clients, especially because if you've been in business for any length of time, and most of the time I am working with, you know, experienced entrepreneurs. I don't work with a lot of newbies. I work with those who are really on the path and they've usually been a professional doing something probably had a business in some way, shape or form already probably have been even successful with that business. But again, they have this new evolution that's coming through this new thing that's knocking on their door or has been for a long time. And they finally Mm -hmm. are like, I've got to spread my wings and fly on this, but it's terrifying because they've built up this business or life or career around what they've been doing. And so all of the not enough, even if they've seriously been so successful, it will still come up and rear its head. And Also, they've probably at some point, because they haven't, they've got to a point in whatever they were doing where it wasn't aligned anymore, they've probably experienced some kind of burnout or that just whatever that feeling is for you in alignment where you're just, you know, some people get flat out depressed because they're just like, is life even worth living if I have to do this thing that I don't want to do? And yet you're terrified because you want to do this other thing, but you don't know how and it feels really scary. So, this piece right here is where I work with people a lot is essentially recognizing, you know, first of all, this is knocking on your door for a reason. Like you probably could not ignore it. You're either going to stay miserable or we're going to have to really step into this, which means looking at the tapes that are playing all these, you know, the ways that you're kind of getting in your own way. There's another way that I call it too, which is that often we are on the hamster wheel of not enough. Oh yeah. And this is this when you're, we're playing small and even, and man, we are tested on this path too. Even when you're like, okay, I'm doing this. And you, you know, set out on this journey of doing this new thing that's coming through you. We still get scared or we take on jobs. You know, we play small. We feel like we are not going to be able to do it. We don't believe that it's possible Mm. to really have it the way we want. And there's all these myths in it, right? You know, one, a big one is how am I supposed to be successful in this if I've never been successful in anything else before? Mm -hmm. And so here there's this thing that's so close to your heart that you care about more than anything right now. It's so coming through you and wants to be manifested through you. And this is all this like next program that I'm putting out. And I have so much to say on this topic because there's so many little elements of it, like down to another really big one is that we get so afraid that we're going to disappoint others. And so we end up playing small or playing in these same, this is on the hamster wheel of not enough is we just keep playing in these same cycles because we're so afraid, which is like ultimately people pleasing or caretaking or wanting to be everything for everyone. And meanwhile, we're at the very end and we're not taking care of ourselves. And this can also happen with ourselves that if you have this calling coming through, or if you do have a really strong connection to spirit and your calling, we can actually even freeze in that frozen state of being just paralyzed because we're afraid of disappointing ourselves. Yes. Which 
is all there's fear of failure in here. And all the time I see fear of success, Mm. which comes back to the burnout thing. Like if you've been burnout before, sometimes people are like, okay, I'm not afraid of hard work. I know I can do that. But what if all of this hard work doesn't amount to anything? Or what if it leads me to just being burnout again? And so all this keeps us in our comfort zone. Totally. And I feel like you're just kind of also sharing my story without naming my name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've kind of been going through a lot of that stuff in the last two years or so, two and a half years. And man, it's been one hell of a roller coaster ride. And and that coming from, you know, the first business that I built or the first few that I built, it was so easy and it was just like, you know, bam. And they were quite successful. And then once I I moved away from that, which was really difficult because my ego was so attached to it, you know, being a travel blogger and doing this and that. And man, it was hard to let that shit go. And I'm in the final stages of divorce right now. (laughs) And then to really finally move into that new thing, but also just all these fears that are coming up like again, and you felt like you've already dealt with them, but now they're coming up in completely new shapes and forms. And <laughs> I'm just like, man, this is one <laughs> hell of a ride. But it's also really beautiful, you know, at the same time, because man, the learnings and the growth and the evolution and, ah, you know, it's good also. I mean, it's super fucking it hard, is. but it's awesome. It is. <laughs> And it's that whole thing, right, of that there's no destination. I mean, genuinely. Here's the thing is that, you know, Connie, you and I, and obviously anyone listening, because you're listening to this, you know, you are passionate about this topic and you are looking at these things within yourself because that's why it feels so good to hear other people talk about it because you're like, Mm. oh my God great. I'm not alone. You know, this is all these different things that it helps highlight, you know, ultimately in our shadows, right? It like shines a little light in our shadows and we get to see and pull them out from the back of the closet and kind of shine a light on them and and look at them and turn them around. And genuinely this, there's some people, first of all, that will never choose to look at it. There's some people that never in their entire life. So that's sometimes I'll just be like, how is it that I'm just learning this at like 42? Like, hi. You know, and at the same time, it's so important to remember that there's some people that will never go down that path. They will never look at it. So I know that for myself, like this will be, I'm on this path. I'm here to learn. I totally know that there's no destination in it. Like even kind of the path to enlightenment. Like I do think that, yes, we can really ultimately for me, our greatest joy, the richest we can be in this life is having a peace of mind and peace in our heart and peace in our body. And then when we have that, we're able to just expand into this joy, into the expansiveness and limitlessness of all of the joy and bliss and delight and realness, messiness, you know, of all the pieces that just make this life, this unique life that we physically can get hurt and our heart can break into a million little pieces. And that, you know, when you can come into such a reverence for that, you recognize like, I wouldn't want to be numb. This is what makes life so sweet. This is how we can look at something so beautiful, you know, an animal or a sunset or have an expression with an emotion with another person that brings us to tears. And I wouldn't want to shut that off for anything, you know? Oh man, totally. And it reminds me of something I watched yesterday, one of Kyle C's and who, you know, as well, and one of his events. And he said, and I've read this before somewhere, but it's just so fucking true is that people think that the purpose of life is to be happy, right? We're always striving for happiness, but actually the real purpose of life, the goal of life is to feel everything. That's it. 
mm-hmm. and not discriminate <laughs> anything. Like who says being sad is worse than being happy? Like it's just feelings. It's just energy. You know, we put a label on it and we're like, well, I don't want to feel sad because that, you know, yeah. that's shit. I don't know. That for me was a big epiphany a few years ago. And I was like, actually, it's all energy. It doesn't really matter. I'm just putting a label on it. You know, we're conditioned to put a label on it. Totally. That's actually, it's what I call in the work I've done with one of my spiritual coaches for a long time. She really came up with this name, which is the game of good and bad. Hmm. And I'm actually just about to do a Facebook live on that this week through the lens while I'm speaking about kind of balance versus integration mm-hmm. and how often when we're striving for balance, where balance kind of brings in this duality. Balance says that there's this good or this bad or that there's you know hard work and rest and it separates things. And it actually our invitation is to come into this integration and not play that. It's a really watching for, you know, any of you really watching where you're playing that game of good and bad, where you're saying like, Ooh, I'm being bad by doing this or, Oh, I'm being so good. And just watching how that plays out in your life or where you notice that ultimately it's judgment, right? And so if instead, yeah, it's the invitation, just like you said, and what I was even talking about with the abundant expansion work is the invitation is to come into full, deep acceptance. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, I know you and I both love Kyle Cease's work because he talks about like, I hope I screw this up. Yes. Like basically, let's just see how, and this is why I, I revel in like having it just be this messy, delicious life, like loving the messiness because mm-hmm. the opposite of that is being a perfectionist or trying to control everything. Like, especially, you know, in working and, you know, owning your own business of really allowing things, you know, this is the what I work with my clients on is that we work on a lot of like stepping into that energy of experimentation and throwing the spaghetti at the wall and like letting it be so messy that we're like, you know, you've got tons of spaghetti like covering the wall and it's a total mess, but ultimately you're there to see, you can just experiment, see what sticks, see what works, see what feels good. And yet we have such an attachment to like the smallest little thing that we might, if we even throw one piece of spaghetti at the wall, then we're like, oh my God, what do people think? That didn't even work. Or we like obsess about it, or it takes us six months to throw that one piece of spaghetti at the wall, and then we've wasted all that time. And like, it's just wild. It is, man. And then that imperfect spaghetti on the wall, like we criticize that and just, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Who am I to think that I can be a spaghetti thrower? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Should have bought gluten free spaghetti, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) totally oh man so So good i can just keep going and going actually but which also maybe just means i need to have you come back a second time because there's so much yeah so many we barely scratched the surface right oh man for sure yeah i kind of want to slowly wrap up and i have a couple of questions that i kind of ask almost all of my guests and that is the first one is what does it mean to you to live a meaningful life Beautiful. Well, one of my core, core values and something that I am just, I mean, we're all hardwired for this in some way, shape or form, but it's definitely something super important for me is meaningful connection. Mm. And so you talk about that meaning in life. And for me, all the work I do as a transformational business coach is about transforming your relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. strengthening to have such a beautiful, loving, accepting, and empowered relationship with self. And then that's what then affects and helps you connect and have such beautiful, loving, accepting, productive, healthy relationships with other people, whether that be your clients, your customers, customers, community, team members, 
members, partners, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ultimately meaningful connection. I'm here to have relationships and we're here to learn from relationships. And that starts with our relationship with ourselves. Mm. Is that also, would you say that in that way you also feel fulfilled or is that something different for you? Yeah. So this comes back in the, the richest we can be in this life is this peace of mind and peace in our heart and peace in our body. And when we unhook, not that we don't have needs and, and really requirements for love and attention. Those are actually not even just needs. They're absolute requirements, just like water and sunshine and air <laughs> for us to live. So, you know, I'd love to be like, when I'm just at peace of mind in my own heart and body, you know, I don't need anyone, but that's not true. You know, like I definitely, I, this is why meaningful connection is so important is so you know having that meaningful connection but there is an element of it which is unhooking from the more societal hooks of being liked or being loved and that ultimately this is why we build these safe tribes around us or we have friends that get us in safe spaces and that to me like that's just the pleasure of life i think in terms of fulfillment then we can i could go into this whole piece around you know just purpose and really knowing that i'm aligned on my path and how I know that the work I'm doing in the world, like this is very clearly and very loudly knocking on my door. And what I've been delighting in so much lately is just recognizing how I'm starting, writing a book will do this because you, I'm literally in the process of writing down and seeing the work that I've done. I'm kind of getting this experience and being in relationship with my work in a whole new way. And so it's helped me what I have so naturally channeled and so easily channeled through. I'm now actually looking at words on the page and reviewing and going, oh, and it's made me have this new awareness, this new level of witnessing in my own work, which has actually given me this awesome experience, which I can then lend to to anyone listening, which is that I have been able to stand back and look at my work and go, wow, this is coming through me so easily in so many ways, in ways that I don't even think about, but that over and over again, these are my messages. This is what's coming through. This is how I'm helping people. That it's become, thankfully, like in this beautiful, reassuring way, undeniable that this is my work to do in my lifetime here. Oh man. Which is such a powerful realization. Yeah. But I hold it in all like so much awe and wonder. And so again, right? Like I'm called to be this clear channel. How can I be this vessel that allows this work to come through so that it can then ripple out and touch so many other people? And so even when I go to like an authentic relating workshop here in Ubud, you know, (laughs) that I'm able to witness that the work I've done on myself and my ability to then be this vessel of expanded, open, loving joy or realness, you know, in the sense that I'm just sharing very really like the vulnerable truths that are happening in whatever moment that is, that then gives others permission to do that. It shows them what's possible. It shows them parts of themselves that they may have not been willing to look at and see and accept before. And so to me, that is the spice of life is that connection and, and us ultimately we're here to support each other. Like we're all walking ourselves home. Right? Oh man. So beautiful. Couldn't end on a better note, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Amazing. So lastly, where can people find you? What do you want them to check out? Let it be your website, social media. Do you have any program or anything you want to kind of pass on to them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, willowlovesyou.com 
willowlovesyou.com. So I'm Willow Loves You on everything. I am, and I'm very Googleable, even if you just search for Willow Sauna, but there's no W on the end of Willow. So it's just W-I-L-L-O. And Willow Loves You, I'm on everything. I, I post Instagram stories every day. I'm doing Facebook Lives all the time. Oh, and we didn't even get into this. We, we totally said we were going to talk about it, but is my Facebook group is for conscious creators and badass activators, yeah. which kind of even speaks to that, the kind of union of that masculine and feminine that you are a conscious creator in this life. And yet you're this badass activator and you want to like actually get things done and move things forward. So all those places, I would love for you to reach out and say hi. And I know I'll be in the group as well. Your group that you've just started on Facebook, which is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. so yeah, I'd love for you to come say hello. And then the only other thing I mentioned, which I mentioned earlier is that Wake Up With Willow series, which is at actualsy.com. UUW, the acronym for Wake Up With Willow. So that's free, totally free. And it's kind of daily inspiration and perspective. And it really speaks to so many of these challenges we've been talking about. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting all the people that get to listen to this very cool, cool community you've created. Oh, so wonderful. I'm so grateful that we had this chat and I can already see a second episode coming on. <laughs> Awesome. I can't wait. You're so <laughs> wonderful, Connie. I've just so loved seeing everything that you're doing. I mean, I think you and I, I certainly resonate so much with what you're doing. Every single time I see something that you post and this truth that you're living, I mean, that's what this all is, right? Is us really coming into these deep truths for ourselves. So I just really want to acknowledge you and celebrate you for all the ways that you're doing that and showing others and you know modeling that for others. So thank you. Thank you. And same goes out to you. I'm just so grateful for the work that you do and for sharing your light and all these amazing messages and energies and for being the butterfly that you are now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm sending a lot of love to Bali all the way from Mexico. Yes. <laughs> sending you love in Mexico and sending all of you love all out there in the world. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye. 